Welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. If you have a tablet, if you have your phone, uh, and you can access a Bible app, that'll work too. If you're new here, we do put a lot of the scriptures on the screen, but it's always good to follow along in your Bible. And uh, I'm going to start in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to preach a message today called, I am blessed. How many of you ever said that? I'm blessed, right? I am blessed. I hope you believe that. I hope you believe that you're blessed. And, and I certainly believe that I'm blessed. And and, uh, but I want to talk about how we're blessed and, and, and why we're blessed, and we'll talk about that today. And so I, I sometimes make the mistake, and I have done this in the times past, and I, I always have to sometimes correct myself, to consider my stuff. Uh, look at what uh, God has just blessed me with as far as material possessions, and, and, and we should be grat- grateful and show our gratitude, of course, for that. But then also relationships and also church and everything that's going on. And I just, sometimes I look at everything that, that I have in the natural, every connection that I make, and I, I just say to myself, God, I thank you that I am blessed. And, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem. The problem is, is if we can... Consider that the totality of what causes us to be blessed. Let me give you this example. There was a time in my life when we didn't have a lot. I couldn't look around at houses and cars. I couldn't look at bank accounts. I couldn't look at any of that stuff and think to myself, wow, I'm so blessed. There was a time in my life when Cynthia and I first got married, man, we would look at our stuff and went, oh, man. We, we moved in the first house that we moved into, I don't even know if you'd call it a house. I mean, it was just like, it was just, it was a shack, you know? And uh, it was clean on the, we were in the middle of the woods, and, and there was really, it was so disconnected and disjointed, the kitchen was just weird, and it was just like unbelievable. It was about maybe, maybe 800, 900 square feet, and but we were so happy, we didn't know it. We just kind of, you know, we just kind of looked at it and go, hey, at least we have a roof over our head. And, and we, you know, drove cars that broke all the time. And so there was a time in my life we didn't have, we didn't have anything. Listen, I was making $252 a week working as a youth pastor at a church, and I made that for six years. I was obviously very skilled and um, sought after and, and in high demand, okay? So I was in very high demand. Um, never got a raise, never had an increase. We just, we, we lived off $252 a week. And that's what we had. And we had that for years and years and years. And so then I became a pastor. My income went down some weeks. Some weeks it went up, some weeks it went down. So, so that was just our life. I couldn't look like today. I look at, and I just think how God's blessed me. But, but listen, I read a scripture the other day that changed everything concerning how we consider ourselves blessed. In Acts chapter 20, in verse number 35, Paul is writing, and, and, and or actually Luke's writing, Paul's talking, and, and Paul said this. He said, listen, I, I thank God for all of that, but, but remember the words of Jesus. Here we say what he says at the end of that verse. After all, Jesus said, 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, if that's true, then it's not that we look at our stuff, whether we have a lot or whether we have very little. It's not that we look at our bank account, whether it's full or whether it's overdrawn. It's not that we look at any of that stuff and consider ourselves blessed. If it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, if we truly believe that, then we have to say to ourselves this, okay, if that is true, then the measurement of our blessing is always going to be on what we give and not what we have. So if that's true, then we would say this, how blessed are we? How blessed are you? If that's true, the measurement of your giving or your blessing is based on what leaves your life and not what comes into your life, then how blessed are you? That's the measurement that we should be using concerning giving. And so, listen, God has no problem talking about money. I usually preach on finances maybe once a year, maybe once every two years, somewhere around there. It's been almost two years since I did a series that talked about finances, but, but I don't mind doing it. I have no problem with to do it. Some pastors, they bring in guest speakers, and we've done that once or twice in maybe 10 years, but I like for people to hear it from the pastor. I like to be able to teach it myself, and I want you to hear my heart, and I want to be able to talk to you because I don't want to think you're being manipulated or, 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 or trying to, to get some kind of arm twisted for you to give. No, I want to talk to you about what God's word has to say. Listen, God talks about giving all the time. He talks about finances all the time. In, in the parables, there's just, a, a, you know, in the mid-30s parables, you know, uh, around 32 parables, you know, 16 of them, about half of them talk about money. Jesus talked about money all the time. God's word talks about money in, in many different ways. And you know what God does when he talks about money? He uses math to talk about money. He uses addition. Sometimes he uses subtraction. He uses multiplication a lot. Maybe you've heard multiplied and, and, and that, those particular phrases in the Bible. He, the Bible talks about division, you know, all these different math principles. But when it comes to finances and how God deals with us, Listen, the first way God deals with us concerning finances is through percentages. And the first percentage is 100. Some of you are going, Pastor, I thought you were going to a different percentage. No, 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 no. It's, it's 100%. And if you don't get this one, you'll never get anything else. If you don't understand the principle of 100, 100%, you'll never get anywhere else. And listen, it's not that God wants to take something. Listen, this principle today will release you from fear. It will release you from worry. It will release you from sleepless nights, from tossing and turning and fretting and, and being so concerned about how you're going to pay the next this, how you're going to support the next this, how you're going to retire. How you're gonna, listen, if you understand this principle today, it will release you from all of that. Just release you. So let's go to the book of Matthew, and let's start in chapter 25. Now, I'm going to start at verse 14, and it says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then those who received, and he would receive five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he would received two talents... 
gain two more also. Listen to verse number 18. This is what I want you to catch and pay attention to. It says this, but he who received had received one went and dug in the ground, listen to this, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And the Lord said to him, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22 said, He also received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. Listen to this. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord, verse 26 says, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would receive back mine own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will be, uh, have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In this particular parable, Jesus is teaching on Uh, the importance, and you see how it ends. It ends by telling you how serious God is concerning this principle. And what he's trying to get across in this principle is that everything belongs to him. It is the Lord's money. It is the master's money. It is his goods. All of it is his 100%. Even the guy said, hey, Lord, it's your money. I hid your money. The Bible says that the master delivered to him, these three men, his goods. And that's what God does with us. Everything that we have belongs to God. Everything. That's the principle that you have to understand. Number one, hey, the first thing is this. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. You say, well, Pastor, I thought 10% belonged to God. No, 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 100% belongs to God. All of it, all of it belongs to God. Listen to a couple of scriptures. Let me just read a few things to you. Psalms chapter 50, verse 10 says this, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all of its fullness. God said this, hey, if I'm hungry, why would I tell you? You don't provide for me. I provide for you. You don't do me favors. I do you favors. 
If I were hungry, I'm not going to tell you, you don't feed me, I feed you, right? And if I want to eat, listen, the beasts of the field are mine, the birds of the air are mine, all of it's mine, the world is mine and everything in it. Psalms chapter 24, verse number one says this, the earth is the Lord's and it's all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So it's not just that everything in the world, all the, the animals, all the, the things belonging to the earth, it's not just that that belongs to God. Guess what? You belong to God. I belong to God. Everybody on this earth belongs to God. All the people on the earth belong to God as well. So how much does God have? He has it all. He has 100%. All of it. Everything is God's. See, I, when I was pastoring in Chiefland uh, up in North Florida, the church was doing well, it was growing, but the finances weren't. The finances just kind of stayed the same. And I have a, several spiritual men in my life, spiritual, several spiritual fathers, and, and I, I sat down with one of them and he said, how, how are you doing financially? And I said, well, you know, we're really struggling financially. Attendance is great, but the finances, are just, we're just struggling. And I said, I preach on tithing, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's getting it. I just, it just doesn't seem like it's working. I don't know. I talk about tithing from a biblical standpoint. We read the scriptures on tithing. I just don't get it. And he said to me, have you ever taught on stewardship? And I said, what's stewardship? And he said, well, I guess that's the answer to my question, I guess then. I kind of heard that phrase before, but I didn't understand the truth of what stewardship is. Here's what stewardship is. Stewardship is the mindset and the practice that everything that I own belongs to another. Everything that's in my possession belongs to somebody else. That it's not really mine. I'm just a manager or I'm just a steward over it. God is the owner I'm just a steward. That's what stewardship really means. It is not just the mindset. In other words, it's not just I get there in my mind. It is also that I put it to practice in my body. I put it to practice in my obedience. Amen? That's what stewardship really is. So stewardship says everything that I have belongs to God. Hey, let me just tell you right now. Listen, the money that's in the bank... That, that you think is yours, it's being held in trust by gold that came from God's hills. Ladies, the diamond that's on, on your finger, guess what? I'm sorry to say, don't get offended or get mad. That diamond came from one of God's coals, right? It, it's not yours, it's God's. Because it all came from God. The jewelry, the jewels, guess what? The gold and the silver, that all came from God as well. All of it came from God. The clothes on your back, that came from God's fields and came from God's animals. The food that's in your freezer, that came from God's earth and came from God's animals, right? It all is God's. Guess what? The metal that you drove over to church in this morning, that came from God as well. Guess what? That's why I say 100%. Not 90, not 95, not 99. Guess what? All of it is God's. Hallelujah. It's God's. 
See, my kids kind of figured this out. Because I used to say to them, hey, this is my house. And how many of you heard this phrase? And as long as you're living in my house and under my roof, you're going to do what I say. How many of you ever heard that? Yeah? How many of you have said it? Yeah. Yeah. So teenagers, kids, I give you permission that if your parents ever say to you that it's their house, you have my permission to say back to them, it's not your house, it's God's house, right? You have my permission to say that. Now, when you do, just make sure you're a little distance away. Because <laughs> some parents react differently than others. So you might want to just keep your distance and be at least 12, 15 feet away and maybe heading in the other direction when you say it. I'm just, just helping you out. I'm just helping you out this morning. But the truth is, is this. It is God's house. It is God's car. It is God's money. It's God's investments, huh? It's God's stocks. It's God's retirement. It, all of it is God's. It's not yours, right? See, here's the problem that we have and the struggle that, that comes into it. God has given it to us to manage it. But the longer we hold on to it, and the more we refuse to let it go, the more we start to think it's ours. And if we hold on to it long enough, we forget that he's coming back. But the Bible clearly teaches in this parable that one day the master's coming back. And let me tell you what he's going to do when he comes back. He's going to settle accounts. And he's going to want to know what you did with his money. I mean, is that not crystal clear in God's word? He wants to know what you did with his money. Right? So that's why we have to this principle of 100%. Hey, it's all God's. And every time we get paid, every time, I just got paid. I get paid once a month. I enjoy getting paid once a month. Pay all my bills out once a month. Boom, just paid off the first of the month. And so I, I, I enjoy that. The first thing I do, hey, write a tithe check. 10% goes back to God. But then the rest of it, I have to determine what to do with God's money. Randy Alcorn says this. Listen to this. Randy Alcorn says this. We err by beginning the assumption that we should keep or spend the money God entrusts to us. Giving should be the default choice. Unless there is a compelling reason to spend it or keep it, we should give it. Listen to that last statement. Unless there is a compelling reason to spend it or keep it, we should give it. Now, listen, there are compelling reasons. When I get paid, I say, okay, what are we going to do with the money? Listen, there's some compelling reasons. Cynthia said the kids have to, that's a good reason to hold on to some of it. Not that much, they don't have to eat that much, but they need to eat something. They need to eat every now and then, so that's a, that's a good reason to keep some of the money. It's a compelling reason. Hey, listen. We've got to pay the mortgage. That's a good reason. That's a good reason to, you know, 
spend a little bit. We have to, we have to pay a car payment. That's a good reason to spend uh, some of it, right? But then we get to a point where we go, okay, now, God, what do you want me to do with the rest of it? Because it's not mine. It's yours. And giving should be my, my first option. Sometimes we think, well, well what am I going to do? I got a little extra money this month. What am I going to do with it? Talk to God about what to do with his money. It's not yours. You don't get to pick. You don't get to choose. You don't get to say, woo, new flat screen TV. No, 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 no. It's not your TV anyway. Hallelujah. Listen, you have to be careful in this area to be so understanding that this is all, all of its gods. All of its gods. Listen to how God's serious, serious God is. Turn over to Luke chapter 12. Just a couple books. We're in Matthew. Just flip over to Luke chapter 12. And we're just going to read one more parable this morning that Jesus is talking about. Some truths this morning. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, this is Jesus responding to somebody asking for part of an inheritance. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16, he says this, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground, what, what happened? The ground. Whose ground was it? God's ground. The ground of a certain man, rich man, yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Or you could say this, so is he who is an unjust steward or a poor steward of what God has entrusted to him. So is he who does not understand that everything belongs to God. So is he who refuses to let go of that which God has blessed him with. So is he who doesn't understand that it's 100%, not just 10, not it's 100%. And this is the question that Jesus says. So God says to him, and whose will those things be? Because he thought it's all his. It's my stuff. And if I want to just lay up more stuff, I can lay up more stuff. And Jesus said, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about you not understanding whose stuff it is in the first place. He never said that, that the, the rich man can't have wealth. He never said that you can't enjoy things. Listen, enjoy things. Work hard. Enjoy the things. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. Enjoy all that stuff. Enjoy it all because God's blessed you with it. But understand, hey, it's not because of you. It's not yours. God wants you to enjoy the stuff that he's entrusted to you, but he's got to get you to understand it's his stuff. Right? Live in the best house that God will allow you to live in. Drive the best car that God says you could buy. Enjoy it. God gave it to you for a reason. He doesn't want you broke. He doesn't want you poor. He doesn't want you living without. He's blessing you so that you can be a blessing. He's blessing you so that you can give. It is still more blessed to give. 
And he wants to bless you so that you can give more and give greater. But he wants to, to under, let you understand, hey, it's all his. And if he wants some of it back, he gets some of it back. Either giving here, giving there, however. So the first percentage we understand is, hey, it's 100%. So if we don't learn that, we're going to be like this rich man. Whether we have a lot or whether we have a little, guess what? Here's what's going to happen. We're going to lose it all. We'll lose it all. You say, well, pastor, what about maybe not in this lifetime? Maybe you won't lose it in this lifetime, but you'll lose it in the next. See, I know something about wealthy people. Wealthy people, you think, you think that the number one fear of the super wealthy, talking about the multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires, their fear is not to lose their money. Most people think, well, I bet you they're so afraid to lose their money. No, no, no. Most of them, 90% of them, have managed their way in such, a, such, a, such, such ways that they'll never lose their money. They've put up so many safeguards, they'll never run out of money. Listen, they didn't get the wealth by being poor, managing money. You see what I'm saying? Their, their, their fear is never, never about losing all their money. You know what their fear is? What their wealth is going to do to their children. That's the number one fear of those who are super wealthy. What's it going to do to my children? How is it going to destroy them? How is it going to ruin their life? Is it going to destroy their marriage? Is it going to cause them to be spoiled? Is it going to cause them to be obnoxious? I mean, what is it going to do to them? How are they going to manage it? And so that's their number one fear. But when we understand, hey, listen, the money that I pass on isn't my money. It's God's money. Isn't, isn't, isn't my money, it's God's money. It's all God's money. And if God says build bigger, I can build bigger. But if he says give it away, I give it away. Amen? I'm just a manager. He's the owner. I'm just a steward. He created it all. See, that's why the, the evolutionists never want to talk about a creator because if there's a creator, there's an owner. And if there's an owner, then it's not yours. But listen, I rejoice that there's an owner. I rejoice that there's a creator. Listen, take so much stress and worry off me. I don't have to fret and fear and, and, and toss and turn, wondering how this... Listen, if I just do what God tells me to do, guess what? It's his house. It's his car. He's going to take care of it. Listen, listen, even when we didn't have hardly anything, I never missed a meal. I never had to walk around shirtless. I never had to go to work. Well, I didn't have any clothes to wear. I'm here in just my, you know, my pants. I got no shirt on because we're too poor. No, I always had a shirt. I always had food, right? We were always okay. God took care of us. Why? Because it's God's stuff. And when you give it to God, when you make sure, hey, it's all his anyway, when you just return it all to him, say, God, 100% is yours, he's going to take care of you. Amen? Let me end kind of with this principle this morning. Think about this from Matthew 25. The Bible says that he delivered to three men and to the, to the poorest steward, to the one who was unjust, he delivered to that man one talent. Now, how much is a talent? Well, a denarii in those days was a day's wage. That's why it's sometimes hard to figure out uh, biblical money because they go by, by estimates. And so it was a day's wage. 
Well, listen, 300 denarii was what they would consider a year's wage. So a year's wage. 300 denarii. 300 denarii is what they thought you'd make in a lifetime. So when they said the phrase 300 denarii, they didn't necessarily mean 300 denarii. They meant a year's salary. And a year's salary is different for each one of us. But they said a year's salary. Well, listen, a talent was 10,000 denarii. Or this is what Jesus meant. It's a lifetime of wealth. It's what you would earn in a lifetime. So what Jesus is saying by this parable is this. To everyone I've given at least a lifetime's worth of money. It's at least a lifetime. For some that's a lot, for some maybe it's little, but it's your lifetime's worth of money. And maybe you're here and you're just barely making by, or maybe you're here and there's way more than enough and you've been blessed and, and, and you've got you know, money in the bank and you've got investments. Regardless of what you have, it's just a lifetime's worth of money. That's all we all have. Now what God's saying is this, what are you going to do with the lifetime's worth of money that I've entrusted to you? That's what he's really saying by this parable. What are you going to do with the lifetime's worth of money that I've entrusted to you? And the older I get, the more I start to realize stuff just doesn't matter. And collecting and consuming, that's not what God's called me to do. And the older I get, the more I just want to lay up treasures in heaven. And I just want to put deposits there. And I want to be rich towards God and not towards myself. And I want to be willing to let it go. But I have to start with this principle. I can't get to the next percentage. I can't get to any other percentage if I don't understand this one. All of it belongs to God. And if you're here today and you've been worried about how you're going to retire, or you've been worried about how college is going to get paid for, or you've been worried about the next car payment, or the next mortgage payment, or the next rent payment. I'm here to help you this morning. I'm here to tell you, listen, you don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to toss and turn and stay up all night. You don't have to think to yourself, how can I manipulate my finances in such a way that I can provide? Listen, if you're just obedient to God and you understand this first principle that all of it belongs to God, you are on your way to being free from fear and worry and stress because like I've said over and over today, hey, it's God's anyway. How are you going to pay for that house? I don't know, it's God's house. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my faith and my confidence in God. That if God wants me to have it, that if he wants me to enjoy it, if he wants me to live in it, if he wants me to drive it, if he wants me to watch it, huh? if he wants me to pet it, because your dog belongs to God too. Fifi belongs to God. He can have my dog. I, I gave it to him a long time ago. Just said, here you go. There you go. Praise the Lord. Been free. God, it's yours again. Praise the Lord. So, all of it belongs to God. And listen, then you don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to toss and turn anymore. You can be free from all of that when you understand this principle. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning, if you would. Listen to me real quickly. 
I am blessed. Not because I have so much. I'm blessed because I have an owner who has so much. And what I really want from God is not more stuff. I really just want God, the faith to be able to let go of whatever I need to let go of. Because I understand it is more blessed, so much more blessed, so much more blessed to give than it is to receive. You didn't create me to be a hoarder. You didn't create me to consume. You didn't create me to heap up. You didn't create me to build bigger barns and just keep trying to store more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. You created me to let go. You created me to release. You created me to bless others. You created me to be a channel and a funnel that you can expand your kingdom with. And the resources that I have, the money in the bank, everything that I own, it all belongs to you, God. One hundred percent. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you today for this principle. Lord, I know that in this room there are some who...